0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Wild Chats Facts. And today is gonna be all about ducks. Mar, did you have fun hunting down fun stuff about ducks?
1: It was actually very interesting and very eye-opening because you think one thing, you generate this idea of ducks and then you realize that they are such complex creatures and much more than meets the feather
0: meets the feather oh we're gonna go with puns were there times that you read a fact and you're like really what the duck it was okay all right okay. basically
1: egg <laughs> exactly
0: A oh wow guys okay we're gonna there's gonna be some thrown in today but we're also gonna try to not make the whole show punny all right um and this is the beginning of the day usually when we record late is when we end up being a little more punny than when we if we record early in the day but that's okay these things happen. Do you want to kick us off, Mar, with uh, fun stuff? So basically the way it goes, guys, we pick a topic, in this case usually an animal or an animal-related topic. We scour the internet for all the fun stuff that we can find, basically put it on a list, and then we bring it to you here. So if you see us looking off screen just a little bit, that's us reading off the list. As much as we enjoy the facts, we are not memorizing them, and uh, so that's where our headline is if you look, see us looking off. Mar, what would you like to kick us off with today? I was
1: actually very impressed with uh, doc intelligence. So I'm going to kick okay. it up a high-notch Mensa style.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: they found out that actually the scientists are starting to rethink the whole concept of abstract intelligence. And abstract intelligence is the ones who can manage ideas, symbols, problem solving, the punks that we just gave, like, innovations, things like that. Very okay. abstract concepts. Well, they're actually, they used to think that that abstract thinking was only uh, achieved by critters or animals such as apes, crows, and dolphins, and of course, humans. Well, they actually realized that such experimental learning was um, was in ducks from the moment they're born. Okay. Okay.
0: So I don't know if that makes this next fact of mine... Uh sad or or a conscious choice, but hatchlings of ducks after uh, their young hatch, they'll tend to they lead them to water, obviously because that's one of their main environments. And mother ducks, they're protective, but they'll actually abandon ducklings if uh, they're physically sick um, or stuck. So a duckling can be abandoned if it hatches too late. Also the mom, if they've already led the first group of ducklings to water, she won't go back and then lead the the other ones that hatch late to water. It's kind of like whoever's in the Im- initial batch is who I got. And anybody after that, sorry. Um,
1: I think it has to do with survival, though. I mean, you have to sure. think of the collective, which is very unfortunate. And thank goodness we as humans have the capability of making different decisions because now we are not in survival mode all the time. We have the technology that allows us to to take care of the of the sick. But um, I thought it was very interesting about ducks that they are actually more... Their eggs are actually healthier, more nutritious, taste better than actual chickens. And they produce more eggs. Okay. I wonder why they didn't
0: go end up... Ducks became a thing. I wonder if they... So they produce more eggs they wouldn't have known that they were healthier back in the day when chickens became the predominant egg-laying bird of stuff we ate. I wonder if they're just harder to keep or maintain or they require more food or...
1: Also because they require a different environment than a coop. I think most people went with what was easiest because if you only have a 10 by 10 and then you have to have a pond because they do need that water. They do need, you know, at least a pool or something. Uh, especially when they are interacting with one another, not necessarily for their own individual need, but when they're interacting with one another.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, ducks actually have three eyelids and they can see ultraviolet light. And we talked about this with dogs, how they actually have like a little windshield wiper, like inner lid that kind of clears uh, things. That was dogs, right? When we did dog facts. Mercy. Yes,
1: yes, yes, I'm, yes, that, yes. That
0: was your fact. So I wanted to make sure I did yes. it right. Okay.
1: So in a fact that I picked up, you actually went um, a couple of steps further, um, but they have better vision than dogs. Like they really do because of the nictitating membranes, mm-hmm. which they use like goggles. So they, they're even better than not only just the ultraviolet, but they're also even better.
0: So this isn't on my list, but it's just a fun piece of information for anybody that is ever wondering or ever tries to learn how to surf essentially what you want to do if you ever wonder how people sit on their boards and they just seem so perfectly balanced what you do is basically call the blender and it's kind of like what ducks do you see that they're so static above the water and their bodies aren't moving whatsoever but underneath their feet are paddling like crazy so on a surfboard you take your legs and you essentially just like you would do with a blender uh, like a batter mixing blender and if you just rotate your legs like that that's how you keep your balance you're able to just hang out on your board but it's very reminiscent of ducks, how they don't, they don't move above the water, but then below the water, their feet are going like crazy. So, I love that. Yeah, just a total. If anybody was ever curious or decided to learn how to surf, that's how you would keep yourself balanced sitting on the board. Anybody that actually surfs is like, duh, of course. <laughs>
1: but those <laughs> and, of us who don't, is fascinating.
0: And when you go under the wave, like the waves are breaking above and you're trying to get out. So you basically take your board at the front and you push it down to go under the wave. That's called duck diving. So there you go. Oh, so it's surfing is very duck-like. Now that I've put it all together, and I never thought about it in those terms before. So,
1: <laughs> nice. So the surfers will be called now
0: ducklings. The ducklings. Oh my. Oh my. Okay. What else you got for us, Mar? It's actually your turn. Okay. That was. I mean, it was a fact, even though it wasn't on my list. It was a fact. Okay. Let's see. Ducks actually have accents, and we've talked about this with cows and stuff too. That. Just like humans, they're influenced by their environment and the communications and the accents and stuff that they hear around them, so.
1: That's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with, tie, um a fact I have based on what you're saying with the accents and things like that. Uh, if you ever have a question about if you have a male or a female duck, here's the easiest way to find out. Okay. They said that male dogs don't quack. They actually have like a soft, graspy sound instead. Okay. And, and also, many of them, many breeds of dogs develop like a little curly feather. And of course, the, the sizes kind of also help, but they develop in the back a little bit of a curly feather. Okay. Now, when they're younglings, of course, they don't have any curly feathers. They don't have feathers yet. So, the fastest way to find out if you have a male or a female is if you hear them quacking. The ducklings that are quack are females.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Okay. So that's the best way to know if you have a male or a female, if you hear them.
0: Okay. Interesting. All right. The right. Um, I'm going to go back to the origin. So the, the duck actually comes from an old English word that means diver. Ah. You guys to- <laughs> yeah, exactly. How perfect is that? If you've ever listened to like Shakespeare, or if you go way back to like Beowulf, like old, old English... It doesn't even sound like English. Um, so I didn't, I couldn't find the actual word that then it's so funny when you're like in old English and then it has to actually translate it into an English word, even though it's technically the same language. <laughs> so, it's evolution of language. Yeah. I couldn't find the the exact word, but basically it, it translates into today's diver. And um, so obviously some ducks, there's actually a, a species of ducks called diving ducks. Um, And they have the capability to like fully submerge themselves under the water. Um, And then there's dabbling ducks. So there's two kind of different types of ducks. So diving ducks, their bodies are built in such a way that they're able to go underwater. Uh, And if you guys saw, I don't remember what video it was. It was one of our earlier um, uh, podcasts where we saw that clip. Oh, Animal Abilities, where we saw the clips of the ducks diving under the water. And it literally looks like they're flying And it just happens to be in a different medium because it's the same motion. And then dabbling ducks, their bodies are more built to float. So it's not, they're actually, their bodies are designed different depending on what types of ducks they are, which makes sense. Most animals are built for hunting. Like if we talk about bears, some of their claws are straight and some are bent. Well, the ones that need to dig have a certain claw type and the ones that climb have a different claw type. So it's just evolution.
1: Love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the same vein of evolution or adaptation to to their environments, dog feet actually have no nerves or blood vessels, and the reason for that is if they're in cold water or in cold, like uh, they're standing on ice, their feet don't they won't get cold. So this is in, this enables them to really swim in icy water and be okay in colder temperatures.
0: Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, this one's fun. Have you guys ever seen a flamingo? Maria, have you seen a flamingo before? Have you ever seen a plastic flamingo? Lawn ornament style plastic flamingos. Which one have you seen more of? Real flamingos or plastic flamingos?
1: You'd be amazed. I've seen more real flamingos than plastic. There used to be an era where everybody had plastic flamingos and you would have thought that moving to Florida, everybody will have them.
0: You actually see them more
1: in Michigan than you see them in Florida, if that makes any sense.
0: So every time I see those, I'm just like, how did this become a popular thing? And a trend is a trend. And there's a lot of trends that have come along that I'm like, where did that come from? I found a cartoon actually when I was surfing Facebook and you know, those uh, stickers they put on the back of like parents put on the back of their car and it has the kids, like how many kids they have and then how big they are. There's two lions that walk up behind the car because it's like a safari and there's a male lion and a female line, and they look up at the sticker on the back of the car. And one lion turns to the other lion. He's like, I'm not sure, but I think it's a menu. <laughs> <laughs> But basically, along those lines of, of a trend, yet the weirdest things can sometimes become trendy, just like a plastic flamingo. Well, the guy that created the plastic flamingo, that wasn't his first attempt. Before that trend caught on, he actually started with plastic ducks, but that Not failed, cool. and then he moved on to plastic flamingos.
1: It's interesting because the, the flamingos are more unique and also they're hot pink. Like, you're going to have a cool lawn ornament with hot pink flamingos more than a duck. So, yeah, I think he made the right choice. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's funny. And when you talk about marketing and some hits and misses, and, well, that's the same thing. It's like, no, some of those little variations make. Mm. And I give him credit because if I would have tried a plastic duck and it failed, I almost would have went, like, a different direction and gone with, like, a plastic elephant or something. Like, flamingo is still, like, winged bird kind of thing. So, uh Congratulations to that guy. But I thought that was hilarious.
1: So in the same vein of plastic flamingos, uh, who do you think has more vertebrates between uh, a duck, a flamingo, or a giraffe?
0: So the giraffe is the one that you want me to say. But because they're mammals, actually all mammals have the same amount of vertebrae in their neck. So giraffe actually had the same cervical vertebrae count. I think it's seven in mammals that we actually have. They're just much bigger and more spaced out. So I'm going to rule that out because I feel like that was the one that you wanted me to pick. Um, So now it's between ducks and flamingos. Oh, they're both birds. E. Okay. I really want to say Flamingo, but I feel just because you asked me the question and it's a duck video, I'm just going to go duck. I'm going to go against my gut on this one.
1: Um, actually, uh, it's ducks. Ducks have, um, okay. d- they have, uh, more vertebrates. So
0: interesting. Okay. ducks.
1: All Which right. was surprising.
0: Um, Okay, guys, this is a little bit of a PSA. You know we have fun with these on the channel every once in a while. I still haven't created a a PSA uh, drop icon. But um, even though it's very popular and most people do it, you're not actually supposed to feed ducks bread. Um, Bread isn't part of their natural diet, and they don't really break it down properly. And then bread also expands in their stomach so they feel full, which for a human being, if you're dieting, that's exactly what we're looking for. Like peanut butter makes you feel full, oatmeal... That's like a trick we use so we don't eat well the problem is if you do that with ducks not only are they not getting hardly any of the nutrition that they need now their stomach's full so they're not actually hunting or trying to find other nutrition that they do need um Mm -hmm. and there was an actual university um scientist that basically said that bread is the junk food of the duck world and it makes them fat and disease ridden um and then along with that is basically any bread-like style product, or if you think of a carbohydrate that could swell, you don't want to feed it to ducks for exactly all those exact same reasons. So crackers, rolls, chips, um, donuts, cereal, popcorn, all things you don't want to feed to a duck. So just interesting. So I
1: wonder if it has to do with the wheat. It
0: It is. is they They don't get any nutrition out of carbohydrates the way that we do. Ducks need fat. Um, so all this heavy, heavy carb stuff, it fills them up, but it doesn't give them any nutrition. Exactly. Uh, Yeah.
1: And they're hunters. I mean, you think of a dog, oh, they only eat, uh, they are actually hunters. They will eat crickets. They will eat worms. They will eat fish. So Mm -hmm. giving them bread really is like really, really bad. I mean, giving them corn, uh, they used to think rice will actually blow them up and make them explode. That was a myth in the past.
0: Pigeons too, yeah. For weddings, that's Mm -hmm. what they used to say. Don't do rice at weddings because the pigeons eat it, and yeah.
1: But actually, nothing happens to them. It's just they should be hunting for their own food because they need to actually go get it.
0: Yeah. If if uh, if rice actually exploded pigeons, we all know how many pigeons there are in the world. We also know how much how many weddings there are in the world, and the tendency for white dresses. So I would have to imagine there would be more than a couple wedding photos because wedding photos are also very popular at weddings. So if you think from eating rice was a thing, I think there would be some pretty like horror style wedding photos out there around the internet. <laughs> some serious hard
1: evidence of that. Yes,
0: exactly. And uh, Bigfoot style, there is not any photographic heavy evidence. Exactly. So
1: I do have something about, uh, you mentioned something about diseases. Yes. And um, ducks as well as pigeons, they have a ton of diseases. They can carry up to 60 different kinds of diseases, which could be, most of them, harmful to humans. Now, some of them are like, okay, you get an irritation on the skin or things like that, but that in- could include histoplasmosis, which is a respiratory of the, uh, respiratory disease, uh, which could spread by fungus and, uh, that, that through dried droppings. So you have droppings. So you have to be really, really careful. And, um, when you go to the park, like make sure you rinse your shoes. So don't enter the house and go to your room immediately.
0: Ah, If you went to the
1: park to be very
0: careful. Very good job. Um, Okay, now imagine this, in your brain. I want you to imagine a horse-sized duck. Yeah! Yes. And then, I want you to imagine that horse, because there's horses in all different sizes, like like, the Clydesdales and stuff are big horses. This is an eight-foot-tall, or two-and-a-half-meter duck. Now, if you're picturing that, basically, there was carnivorous. Now it's carnivorous. So it's horse-sized and carnivorous. And uh, they used to hang out in Australia 50,000 years ago, and they were called the Demon Duck of Doom. Demon Duck of Doom. And not even just Australia. Before humans reached Hawaii, the dominant animal there were gigantic ducks also.
1: And also, wasn't there a moa or something like that that was also a gigantic bird? It's a different species, but there was also a big, big bear, um, bird. But again, maybe, maybe. It, it would look more like an ostrich type of thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know the name of it, but the mola mola is the, uh, is a sunfish, I think, is the other name for, uh, a sunfish is mola mola. But I mola, know what you're talking
1: about. Mola, mola. This yeah,
0: is mola, moa. Oh, okay. That
1: was close. I think, I think I'm right. This is, uh, this is, uh, okay. don't quote me on it, but I know it's something like that. Um, okay. the name of that particular a horse-size is called uh, Dromornithidae.
0: I had it. I didn't want to try to pronounce it. So I went with the demon duck of doom. I just thought it sounded cooler anyway. That
1: sounds way more fun. <laughs> so going with what we thought was irrationally weird. So my fact is about the dog platypus. Nothing to do with ducks. Nothing to do with mammals. There is a mixture of a mammal and a laying, egg laying critter called the platypus that is only found in Australia. Well, when they first saw the dog-billed platypus, when they first brought it to a museum, people thought at the British Museum, people thought that it was fake. So they tried to rip the bill off because they they couldn't believe that that would be a real animal. Yeah. Well, now we find out it is so. As much as we don't want to take a specimen of an animal just to show, that's how we help people be able to understand them and study them. In the past, now we just travel there and observe them in their environment, leave them alone. Um, But the cool thing about the duckbill platypus is it's only there is only one platypus. They just call it dog bill, but there's only one. Like I did a research thinking maybe there are more platypus. No, there's only one. It's just, okay. anyway, they can actually carry in their pouches, in their cheeks, over 600 worms.
0: Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, they're hoarders. I'm not even going to play like the how big is the worm like question because 600 regardless, even if they're teeny tiny is, is, yes. But there is one piece of that puzzle that you just put together for us that I would like to correct.
1: Tell me about it.
0: Duckbill platypuses can be seen all over the world if you are a fan of the fantastic cartoon Phineas and Ferb. Because Perry the platypus in animated form can be seen anywhere. You just have to turn on your TV and have Phineas and Ferb and you've got it. But
1: (laughs) I'm going to make a sideline about that.
0: Okay. Phineas and Ferb sideline.
1: I have to because you said something and uh, um, sorry, my computer battery is about to die and I forgot to plug it in. Okay. So it's done. Thank you. I apologize. So Phineas and Ferb, the guy who invented Phineas and Ferb, he had never traveled to hear a platypus. And yes. uh, so he had this guy like, okay, make a couple of noises that you think a platypus will make. And uh, I'm going to paint him teal color. And everybody thought, why are you painting a platypus teal color? That is ridiculous. That's not how platypus look. And uh, it happened 20 some years later that they discovered that platypus produce in UV light. They look like they produce a little bit of oh. biolumin, and it's that color. <laughs> and the sound that he guessed like platypus make, mm-hmm. that's actually pretty close to what they sound like. In real life, see?
0: art imitating life, even if they didn't know that that's what life actually was. That is fantastic. See, the show's even better now.
1: <laughs> Perry the platypus. Yes. I
0: <laughs> that sound, though, is like Grrr. it's just that gargly, like Grrr. I can't do it. I can roll my arms in Spanish, but I can't make a Perry the platypus sound. <laughs> okay, let's see. A way to detect nighttime predators, a lot of species of animals, including ducks, dolphins, and iguanas, actually sleep with one eye open. It's not just like something somebody says to their enemy, you better sleep with one eye open because I'm going to come get you. Well, these animals actually do it. And I know for dolphins, and it's the same for ducks, is basically they use one hemisphere, one side of their brain at a time. So they basically put one side to sleep, and if you know anything about the brain, it's the opposite side. So if the right side of your brain is sleeping, your left eye would be closed. So it's that crisscross. So basically, they they always have one eye open and one side of their brain awake for predators. I and then the crisscross adults,
1: was on the neck, not necessarily the eyes. Are the eyes too? I don't remember if the eyes cross or if they start crossing.
0: I'm not sure. Most things in the body, at least the human body, is its opposite hemisphere to... Um, But so don't quote me on that part. We'll back off of that statement then. But again, one hemisphere sleeps while the other side is awake. That way they're alert for predators. And then for dolphins and stuff, it's important because dolphins are mammals. They need to actually still breathe Um, where a shark or something can just stay underwater the whole time. Dolphins actually need to keep surfacing. Yeah. Um, And they can even choose which side is asleep. It's actually a conscious decision. Now, I don't know why it would be beneficial or why that wouldn't just be an involuntary reflex? You do, Maria. Fantastic. What do you got?
1: Um, many birds, like many birds do this. And that's because they're community animals and they need to have uh, others watching. So if they're in a like whomever is on the outside will keep that eye open and whomever's on the outside will keep ah. that eye open. So they do it as a as a community type of thing.
0: Okay, so then that does lend a little bit of uh, credence to my one side of the brain is one eye and one side is the other eye. Because you would shut – if you're like, oh, I'm on the outside and we're we're circling left, then my right eye needs to be open. So I'm going to – Either eye, left-
1: whatever. But the eye, okay. that if I'm on the right, the right eye opens. If I'm on the left, the right. left eye opens, whether the brain is connected one way or another. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because
0: I had no idea. So the – Like us breathing. It's not voluntary. It's not like, ah, I shall breathe now. Like it's an actual conscious choice they make as to what side uh, is asleep. And then when they rest in circles with the outward duck, uh, yeah, basically what Maria just said. Um, But that kind of rounded out. I didn't get to the end of my fact there. And it basically, so they often rest in circles with the outside duck sleeping, the Mm -hmm. inward half of their brain, keeping watch with the outward. So
1: that's so awesome. Looking,
0: from my research, I am right. It is one side versus I, and then they just know which one to shut off for exactly the reason Maria just said, depending on where they are in the protective circle.
1: Mhm. That is so cool. How animals just adapt so well to mm-hmm. um, to um, to life in general, really. Mhm. Okay, so I have a really cool fact okay. about um, problems that ducks can cause, chaos. And this happens all over the globe. So there is, when there is a sudden migration due to cold weather and there's a sudden migration and they just like, okay, it gets too cold, let's just leave, let's go travel south and and migrate. They generate chaos and it's called a grand passage. Like they literally generate chaos in airports because the migration is so large it's not like two, three dogs and they will, oh, we'll serve for a plane. No, mm-hmm. they're just going. So it's called grand, a grand passage and it causes chaos around the world.
0: And what I read about that, because I came across that one too, it's actually, it's in response to extreme weather events. So their normal mm-hmm. migration mm-hmm. isn't everybody all at one time. So yep. it isn't normally dangerous, but when there's an extreme weather event, it mm-hmm. basically triggers all of them to flee where a normal migration Some birds leave this week, some ducks leave this week, some ducks leave the next week. So there's kind of waves of them, not Mm -hmm. everybody at one time. So um, Mm -hmm. I did have, let's see. And it probably wasn't from one of those migrations that Maria was talking about, but the way that they found out the highest altitude uh, an animal could fly, unfortunately, was a jet plane strike. But a jet plane over Nevada struck a mallard at an altitude of 21,000 feet, Mm. and because of that strike, that's now the current highest record flight of any duck.
1: Yeah, I saw that, I thought that was so incredible. Mm -hmm. By the way, I wanna correct something um, that I said. Um, When you were talking about the flamingos. Okay. I assume flamingos and ducks had about the same, because they were comparing, my question was about vertebrates from giraffes and ducks. Oh,
0: but very flamingos. quickly... Pardon? You just threw in flamingos.
1: I did, I did, because I oh. assume all oh, they probably have the same or less. But actually, uh, flamingos have 19 vertebrates, uh, cervical neck vertebrates, while ducks have about 16 and geese have about 17. So I just wanted to correct that. And I was checking it because I added based on the conversation in... I wanted to check my facts since I was not sure that that was the case,
0: gotcha. and I wanted to correct. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pick flamingo because I thought you were trapping me into an answer where, in reality, so you were right. I just thrown flamingo in. So had I known it was a toss in, I would have guessed flamingo. So and you would have I was been correct. Wrong, but but my thought process was was based. It was on good. An incorrect assumption on my part. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Um. So we know the ducks can fly up to uh, twenty-one thousand feet up in the air, but speed, they're actually really, really fast. Like, really, really fast. Really, uh, really fast. Fastest level flight, so not climbing and not diving to where you've got gravity to mm-hmm. actually help you. Fastest level flight by a bird has been seen in the spine tailed Swift. If you guys know anything about birds, anything with the name Swift after it is probably pretty well, Swift. Swift. They're pretty fast. <laughs> But the red-breasted mm, Mergenser, Mergenser, I, I apologize if I'm pronouncing this wrong, actually can fly equally as fast. They've both flown, uh, been clocked at 100 miles per hour in level flight. So there is a species of duck that can fly as fast as a spine-tailed swift bird. Well, that's
1: incredible. Yeah. I actually found in one of my facts that I found fascinating about the height things like that, and that he got stroke uh, hit by a plane or a jet, was that mallard ducks can actually fly for eight hours basically straight. They can fly for many, many hours straight and about 800 miles. They can actually cross the distance of California within eight hours of them flying themselves. So it doesn't sound impressive if you compare it to a plane, of course, but it sounds very impressive when you think about, okay, you do it. See if you can walk.
0: Well, it's it's even more impressive because a drive from L.A. to San Francisco, thanks to traffic, takes like eight and a half hours. So the duck can do the whole state in less time. So that that's and how that's the crow fun. flies. Yes. As the as the duck flies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right, let's see. Uh, because ducks mate for life and they ducks. So ducks are monogamous, but they're monogamous for a season usually. Um. But they found that the bigger ducks, the species of larger ducks, will sometimes actually be monogamous for multiple seasons. The rule of thumb for people, I guess, to follow ducks is, like, the bigger they are, the more monogamous they are, like, duration-wise. But because they they say mate for life, but I'm going to go against that because I have a a separate fact that says it's a seasonal thing. But a Korean groom will uh, actually... Okay, that makes no sense to me.
1: They would request somebody to give them uh, carved ducklings. You know, to like
0: make them. But why wouldn't why wouldn't ducks? I don't. Okay, all right.
1: Yeah, I read that somewhere, and I was like, okay, I'm confused too. But they wanted because it's a sim. I actually have some symbolism. So It could be due to the symbolism.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. But it is interesting. It's it's a wooden. Okay, have their friend make them two small wooden ducks. Okay. I guess one is each of them and then, all right, all right. I don't know why. A little slow on the uptake this morning, guys. I apologize. A little slow on the uptake.
1: Um, (laughs) You need some caffeine. Mine is green tea, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, that might be it. All right. We're going energy drinks next. Uh, (laughs) So
1: going with uh, symbolisms then, kind of going with the same vein of what you're saying, uh, some symbolisms that people generally assume uh, is that ducklings, that ducks represent... Parenthood, motherhood, parenthood, uh, fidelity, family connections, trust, and innocence. Okay. But on the other hand, Native American culture, and again, there are a lot of different groups of Native Americans and very, very extensive land, so it's not like you can assume everybody believes the same, but in general, in the Native American culture, uh, ducks often appear as gullible, foolish. Uh, creatures that are often taken advantage of by trickster animals, like coyotes or foxes. Okay. So they're gullible and foolish, but also then that will make it with trusting and, and innocent. So you can see the two mm-hmm. points of view of the trusting yeah. and innocent, gullible and foolish.
0: Uh huh. The duality there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. All right. It's not quiz time yet, but... Pseudo quiz based Ooh, on what you see. know about animals, Maria, and picturing a duck in your head, or the head of a duck in your brain. Either way, um, what degree vision do you think they have?
1: So their their heads are not; it's not completely sideways. They have a little bit of an angle in their in their uh, vision. So I will actually say they have a very good... It's way better than ours, for sure. So it's not 180. Ours is about 180. Uh, theirs are going to be a little bit more than that.
0: Okay. Almost double it. Mm. Basically, yeah, be surprised. their eyes are on the sides of their heads. Most animals, guys, if you, if their eyes are on the sides of their head, it's they don't have... Our vision requires... Focusing and then kind of that telescopic vision. But mm-hmm. if animals have eyes on the sides of their head, it's it's so they can have more peripheral vision. I saw three fifty a bunch. I saw some a couple that said three sixty. I don't know that I quite believe the three sixties. Um but
1: I mean ours is about one eighty. And if their eyes if our eyes were moved on the side, I can almost see at least 350, because they're not going to have vision in the back of their
0: head. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the I think it's actually really interesting for human beings also, because I know when I was uh, taking Aikido, one of our exercises that uh, the instructor would have us do when we were sitting um, and meditating is you can actually train yourself to make your peripheral vision. I think you can get it somewhere up to like almost 270 degrees. Like you can super train yourself once you it, it takes a lot of work it seems to be like well your eye can either go that far or i can't not really the case because you have to get both of them to move independently and you have to really focus on what's out there but you can actually train yourself to to gain a much larger peripheral vision but again it almost requires concentration so if your normal field of vision is say 140 you could get it back to like 240 but then your normal day-to-day would be like 180. So you you would still be expanding your unconscious peripheral vision by... It's just like a muscle or stretching a tendon or something. Like you stretch it further when you're at your peak, but then, you know, when you come back. But I always thought that was interesting because it, it definitely is possible to do.
1: And the spatial awareness. I mean, once you become like right now, as we're talking about it, if you focus to the front or whatever, you can almost just... See how far your vision goes and be able to calculate. But as you as as soon as you become aware of it, it does extend a little further, just because you're aware of it. We're usually narrow because that's all we are thinking about, and we're focusing on what we're (laughs) focusing, and the rest is like like a bubble, like yeah, you know, kind of. So just even that simple awareness. Um, I found something really interesting. Like you were talking about eyes. Okay. Uh, I found something really interesting about their lungs. Okay. So our lungs, they inflate and deflate. That's what we do normally as we breathe. But however, birds, they don't have diaphragms like we do. They have um, sacks of air that are controlled by their muscles. And that means that the more they move, the more air comes through their sacks. Okay. Uh, So when they're taking off flying, that movement of them uh, flipping the the wings actually fills their body like balloons. And this allows for more oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange, which also makes them lighter. Interesting. And when they're flying.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is kind of you kind of pumping yourself up before you do like a vigorous activity or something because you're getting more oxygen th- into your blood and through your body and I'm sure taking flight requires is kind of like weightlifting for us because they've got to flap and really work their muscles mm-hmm. and moving. Mm-hmm. So when
1: you hear them quacking, to them that's just also part of of like a, like literally pushing a horn of air, because when you push air through a space, then it produces the the loud sound. Well yeah. their bodies are almost like doing that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like a little megaphone setup kind of.
1: Yeah. Isn't that awesome? I (laughs) I thought that was such a cool
0: fact. Okay. Um, we've actually heard this story before. There's a lot of like animal species that there was only like one or two or three. And so most of the versions of that thing are from one or two or three animals. We've talked about it with hamsters. I think it was Syria, like two or three hamsters were brought over and every Mm -hmm. hamster in the United States is basically genetically linked to those original three hamsters. Um, we talked about, um, I forgot what the dog was. Oh, the Akita. Helen Keller actually brought an Akita uh, to the United States. and was it that an was Akita? The first one. I think it was Akita Inu. Um, mm-hmm. And that was the first one in the United States. Akiva Inu. No, it was an Akita Inu. There's an Akita oh. Inus also. Okay. just call Inus, but I think their full name is Akita Inu. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's a separate breed. It's just we always shorten it to Akita. I could be wrong on that part, but I know... It was in Akita Inu, so whatever that is. Um, But also for the same thing, Peking ducks in the United States are descendants from only three ducks and one drake. So one male and three females that were imported to Long Island in 1873. From China. I will believe that. I mean, I'm
1: assuming because of Peking.
0: It's possible, but it is a popular food duck in their culture. Um, Mm -hmm. so it could be, I mean, I know I've had that duck in, uh, Singapore and and other places Mm -hmm. too. So that's a pretty popular duck in Southeast Asia. Now, I don't know if it was in the 1870s, um, but if anybody knows, write it in the comments, let us know.
1: Well, speaking of that, um, Campbell's soup, when you think of Campbell's soup, what is the first flavor of soup that comes to your mind?
0: Like chicken noodle.
1: Chicken noodle. Okay.
0: Or chicken rice. Okay.
1: So right yeah. Okay. Mine is uh tomato. Like that's the one I buy. Tomato. Okay. I know. Well, if you go to food. Hong Kong, if you go to Hong Kong, it's gonna be completely different. Okay. They actually have a duck gizzards. Is one of the most popular Campbell soups there.
0: If you've ever seen the chip flavors in Southeast Asia, that would not surprise you even a little bit. Like they've got like squid flavored Pringles and like. Seaweed flavored Lay's, like there's there's some weird flavors. That is very very unique. Really, for weird us for us flavors, yes. Um, all right, guys, let's move on over. Well, let's see, Mar, do you have any more fun ones that you just you want to share before you move into the quizzes? Um, no,
1: I think I said the ones that I like the most, like the okay. ones that I was like, these are just
0: very fun. All right, Mar got her favorites in. I have. So I have a quiz that's very in line with something we did in the past. And then I realized since you did not grow up with American cartoons, this may be equally as difficult for you as it was uh, in the previous episode. But I'm going to do it anyway because, again, the quizzes are for us, but it's more for you guys out there. I want you guys to get involved. I want you guys to have fun. We've all watched Jeopardy. We've all kind of like, oh, I know that answer. Oh, I didn't know that. Or, oh, come on, you idiot. How do you not know that? That's part of the fun of the quizzes. (laughs) is see if you can get it and then what I'm going to do is give Maria some hints to get her closer if she doesn't know the answer, she's going to do the same thing for me. We're going to go back and forth a little bit and uh, just have a little bit of fun. So we had talked before about somebody voicing uh, Fozzie the Bear and he also did Miss Piggy and he also voiced Animal, Yoda um, there's uh, one other big one in there that I can't think of right now, but So, and I told you, it wasn't Yogi.
1: You said it. You said him.
0: There was another big Mm one, though. That's okay. Cookie Monster. Um, But basically, there's like three guys that voiced most of the main characters that you've heard before. They're just really good at voices. That's why they got these jobs. Um, Mel Blanc was one of those guys. Okay. And uh, I would like you. Oh my God. To tell me some of the characters, because one of them was clearly a duck, but I don't see the duck on my list, but I know one of <laughs> So, them.
1: Mel Blank, didn't he write, um, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Wasn't it him who did that?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: I think he did that, or... All I want for Christmas is my two
0: front teeth. Oh, okay. I don't know, but I need to come back. He was the back. voice of Daffy Duck. So you have a basis for your guesses now. That was the most important part. You need a basis for your guesses. So this guy was the voice of Daffy Duck. Now, along the same lines as the previous question we asked you, they do tend to voice characters because you want to save money on your production. So they, they voice characters within the same family. So that way... Mm-hmm. Got seven characters, but only three guys doing voices, basically. So, knowing that he did Daffy Duck, you can think in that same family. Now, he did a few non-Looney Tunes characters that were very popular, but can you name any of the other Looney Tunes characters, and there's like ten of them, that the guy who voiced Daffy Duck also voiced?
1: This is horrible. Is it? Yeah. Because I have no clue, but I'm gonna make it up.
0: Well, I mean, do you do you know any Looney Tunes characters? I mean, he voices. Yeah, like 10- but
1: the voices, the voices that when I used to watch Looney Tunes, they were in Spanish, so it's very okay. hard for me to get the timber of the voice somebody's timber on the voice or things like that. Like I cannot think. I will actually think Elmer. I'm just gonna go with what I think would be.
0: Okay, let's see.
1: Bugs Bunny. No, it wasn't Bugs Bunny.
0: Now, again, voice artists are very good at what they do. So ones might not even sound like another one. Good so point. Good point. I guess the question almost becomes list Looney Tunes characters. Does that help? Less? List? List. Just oh, start list. Oh, list. Just off Looney Tunes characters. Okay.
1: So let's see if I'm good at Looney Tune characters. Yeah. Um, so we got Daffy Duck and we got um, Bugs Bunny. And we have the <laughs> the hunter. What's his name? <laughs> when he did the Barber of Seville, one of there are two hunters. One of them with the goatee and the other one is the bald one.
0: I can only think of the one with the goatee. I can't think of the bald one.
1: <laughs>
0: it's not the bald one, though.
1: No. Okay. The, the other guy. What's the name of the other guy?
0: Yosemite Sam.
1: Okay, Yosemite Sam. Okay. Again, the names are different in Spanish. Uh, By the way, I used to think Yosemite was, when I read it the first time in one of our videos, and I had to ask, you. I had to re-record it, I said Yosemite.
0: Yosemite. Other people I have heard say Yosemite. Yosemite.
1: I'm like, oh, Yosemite. And you're like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah,
1: Yosemite Park. And you're like, no, 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 it's Yosemite. I'm like, oh,
0: all right. Okay. Guys, I will go and read off the list because I'm sure everybody out there that has already made their guesses or doesn't know already doesn't know or made their guesses. So the list, which is actually pretty dang impressive, because I'm trying, I'm thinking of these voices in my brain, and they're nowhere near the same. And a couple of them I don't even think have voices. But um, so yes, and we all know Looney Tunes. They like the double, the double letters. So Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Tweety Bird. Tweety and Daffy, yeah, those are close. Those those are close. I think those voices. I could definitely see that one. Sylvester the Cat, Yosemite Sam, Foghorn Leghorn, Marvin the Martian, the now got cut out of the movie Pepe Le Pew.
1: Why I like Pepe Le Pew. Whatever Pepe doesn't matter. There's a little
0: a little machismo. There's a little bit of machismo to Pepe Le Pew. So when they redid Space Jam two. Uh, in the current culture, they just decided that his version of masculinity didn't need to be included in the... Uh, yeah, I
1: get it. But he was funny. Yeah, yes. I get Speedy it. Speedy Gonzalez. Ah, uh, I love Speedy Gonzalez.
0: Because it was considered racist. Um, and and I'm not joking about that. I actually think they got rid of Speedy Gonzalez. Um, I love Tasmanian Speedy devil. Who? who? Has a voice, the Tasmanian Devil. He doesn't have a voice, but he's hilarious. I love him. He didn't actually say anything. But the non-Looney Tunes characters were fun to me, actually. Barney Rubble. Who's that? The Flintstones?
1: Again, I watched it in Spanish.
0: that's right. Okay, all right. Well, you should still know the names are the same, aren't they? Or do they change the names? Pedro
1: Picapiedra is nowhere near...
0: Yes, that totally translates to Barney Rubble, uh, Mr. Space. Well, no, West- who's
1: the big guy? Not Barney. Barney's the blonde guy. What's the name of the big one? Fle- Fred. Fred. Yes. Fred. Okay, Fred. Pedro Pica Yeah.
0: Uh, the Coyote and Woody the Woodpecker. All right. We'll go mm-hmm. faster on mine because that one took like six minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, like forever and ever. So, but it was fun though. Like that's pretty cool. It was. I gotta give it to those. Huh?
0: What do you have for me?
1: Okay, so um, there were uh, tests on hot air balloons, and we're talking about ducks. So we can assume that a duck was on the list of the first living things to go on a hot air balloon. Could you guess out of three? Uh, we got the duck. Would you gander? gander would you guess?
0: Okay. So this is gonna be this is,
1: this is the first air balloon in 1783. So it's 1783, not like somebody took their pet.
0: Much like the uh the uh, space shuttle launches and such, they, they like to send animals first before they'd send any humans up just just to make sure. So unfortunately, this was one of my questions for you, so I have the answer. Um, but for everybody out there, um I think an interesting way to think of it too is kind of different types of animals that that do well at elevation or not. So you can test kind of how a human uh, would do, but also animals that can't jump out of the basket. So no chimpanzees and primates, even though they're pretty close to us, you would th- think that would be a really good test animal to put up before you flew yourself up into the first But
1: I party. assume they actually put them on a, on a basket because uh, one of those, couple of those animals
0: can really jump. Probably, but I'm trying to give them hints if they don't know the answer to get them closer so they can have some fun with it. Okay. Um, do you have any clues that you would like to give the audience to help figure out what so
1: the other... So, we duck- got the duck. We got the duck. Yes. yes. So, the clues are, are barn animals. So, they're easy access on the 1780s, 83s. Easy access to barn animals uh, who have double purpose. One of them is to keep you warm at night, nice and fluffy and cozy at night. And the other one uh, will wake you up in the morning. Those are the clues.
0: Okay. Okay. So we'll give everybody like five or ten seconds out there to, to ponder. Uh, we'll so a- nice and
1: fluffy. What what critter provides you uh, nice and warmth and coats and socks and all that stuff? And who is the winner? Of waking you up in the morning. Still today, those are your clues.
0: Okay, all right. And coffee is not an animal. <laughs> all right. Just make it sure. Just make it sure. All right, Mar. You want to give everybody out there the answer?
1: Yes, we got sheep, duck, and rooster. Okay. Now, those are the answers.
0: So this one is. Uh, We asked Maria on a previous video what um, athlete was nicknamed the Black Bomba and uh, Maria does not follow sports as closely as some of the people out there. So if you are a sports follower, this will be some fun for you. What professional sports team has the name Duck in it? It's for Maria also, but if she doesn't get it, I totally understand.
1: Isn't it a uh, ho- a hockey team? I'm going to go with a hockey team.
0: I'm going to give everybody a little time to come up with their answers out there. And give them just a little time to think through. It is a hockey team. It is a hockey team. And that hockey team is...
1: Mighty Ducks. From where? going to have to be somewhere in Canada. Or somewhere up north. I have no idea. It's not Michigan for sure, those are Red Wings. Um, Oh, Minnesota.
0: Minnesota. I'm
1: just guessing, guys, sorry, I'm guessing.
0: So if I told you that they were named the Mighty Ducks because of their association to Disney, who owned the franchise and then created the hockey team and named them, now what city would you guess?
1: Well there the... is either Florida or or Sacramento whatever Disney is in California. Isn't the one in California?
0: You think Disney in California is in Sacramento? I don't even know where Disney is. San Diego, San Diego. <laughs> oh, I'm crying on the inside, everybody. Um so I always tell everybody that I grew up in Los Angeles. In actuality I spent up to about 16 in Los Angeles. And then I moved to Anaheim, which is home of Disneyland, and I owned myself an annual pass to Disneyland for probably four, five, six years. Probably some of the best money I've ever spent. And the Anaheim Mighty Ducks were named thus because Disney, who's also in Anaheim, owned the team. Anaheim. You can tell, I've only been to California
1: once. (laughs) I should have known that, even if I have not been. you got, But I did you,
0: guess Mighty Ducks. You did. I was impressed by that part. I was impressed by that. Do you have any more quizzes for me, Mar?
1: No, because we already talked about them.
0: Okay, this is one. It'll just be fun for everybody. It's a little fact and a quick, quick quiz. Mar, what age do ducklings start to fly? So they
1: have to fledgely first. So that's a couple of months. Um, I'll say month and a half
0: that's very specific it's very specific round up or down like pick a full month number or two another months. full month number two months maria is correct everybody at two months ducklings start to fly wanted to make sure we got her exiting on a good note not that i knew she was going to get that right but good job maria <laughs>
1: <laughs> i didn't know i was gonna get it right
0: no right. no it sounded good I so
1: apologize to anybody in California, any Disney lovers. Uh, I did get Mighty Ducks. I'm very proud of that. But also minor leagues, minor league baseball and other teams, they come up with the best names. So like El Paso Chihuahuas, and uh, they have some really, really cool creative names. Uh, So look look those up because there's something like the Barnacles or some crazy names.
0: Yeah, you're like, okay, that's a great name, but now we got to make a mascot for it and someone's got to dress up in that outfit. Good luck with that part. No, but it was on
1: like the barks and and he's a duck. He's one of those uh, ducks that are longer neck and anyway. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. All right, everybody. Um, Do us a huge, huge favor if you don't mind. If you enjoyed the show, which if you've made it this far, I'm assuming you did enjoy the show, please click the subscribe button and the bell icon, which will give you notifications when our new videos come out. Um, We also are doing videos over on Undiscovered World that are other facts videos, very similar to this structure. Um, But they're all non-animal things. Maria and I love animals and uh, we have the most fun with this. But we want to learn some stuff about other things also. And unbeknownst to Maria, which is going to be really fun, is somewhere down the line I've already prepped probably 20-25 topics that we can do. One of those topics is actually Disney. So uh, let's see if we really can learn a couple things before that video comes up. If not, she'll have some time to research then. If you uh, didn't
1: know, uh, in California, there is a place called Anaheim. Yeah, go check it out.
0: She probably didn't even know California D- Adventures is a, a, the other park at Disneyland, but that's okay. She'll learn it whenever we get to the Disneyland video. Um, thanks guys so much for watching. We really uh, enjoyed it. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the videos. Um, as always, we will have we'll post a question in the uh community tab for YouTube and in the free section of Patreon. And if you guys have any more fun facts about ducks, please share them with us. If we got some things wrong, please correct us. If you just want to share a story about having grown up in Anaheim, I would love to read them. Um, <laughs>
1: Or if you have any tips and things about ducks that you have experienced, any cool stories about it.
0: Yes. a lot. I think a lot of us as children do because there's so many ducks at ponds and, and there's usually feeding mishaps and being chased around by them because we angered them somehow. There's lots of fun duck stuff out there, which is why we did the video. We actually have a video coming up on um, a regular uh, podcast for uh, Wild Chats. And all the clips are going to be duck-based. There was so much fun stuff I found about ducks that I actually made an entire video, kind of like we did alligators and crocodiles. We're going to have a a just solely duck video coming up in the future also that you guys might enjoy. Uh, But again, thank you so much for joining us, and we are going to jump over to the backstage show, so all the Patreon subscribers jump on over there, and we will see you in a second.